It was about 2,500 years ago. The circumstances and the threat were a little different, but the result was much the same. You see, things had been going good for the king. The economy was booming. He had been conquering lands, and all of the people seemed to absolutely love and adore the king. Things were going great for the king until his son got greedy. And his son decided that he wanted to overthrow his father and gain the kingdom for himself. And so in a matter of minutes, the king went from ruling his people to fleeing for his life, fleeing from his son who was trying to steal his kingdom. And as the king flees for his safety, he is beyond exhausted. He's hurrying out of the city as fast as he can. He already lived a busy life beforehand. And now you have all of this showing up at his door. He is exhausted. He is worn out. He is hungry. And he is fleeing for his life. And as he's running away, his son is in the background mobilizing the troops of the kingdom to chase after the king. And as, as the troops are coming in on him and his loyal followers, a battle is evident. A battle is sure to happen. And the trusted commander and friend of the king actually looks at the king and says, I know you want to fight this one, but I need you to sit this one out. Uh, because your life is too valuable. Your life is too important. And they will surely try to kill you if you go out to war. So we need you to sit and hide. And the king agrees. And so he's sitting alone, on the sidelines, isolated from the battle while his men fight for his life. By now, maybe you can relate to the king's situation. Maybe you can relate to him in his moment of anxiety, in his moment of worry, in his moment of fear. His son is trying to kill him. His life's work is threatened. And he's sitting on the sidelines wondering, what's going to happen to my friends and my men? Fears are running through his mind. Worst case scenarios are flooding his dreams. He's isolated yet exhausted. He's got nothing to do, yet everything to worry about. How, in the midst of that exhaustion, and in the midst of that fear and worry, how in the world is the king supposed to find rest? And I ask you the same question today in a period of extreme exhaustion, in a period of extreme anxiety and worry, how in the world are you supposed to find rest? Because we live busy lives anyways. We got to get the kids to where they need to go on time. We got to keep the business going, the family growing, and the bank account flowing. And then something like COVID-19 steps onto the scene and completely disrupts everything, totally disrupts our lives. And we've shifted from running around town to pacing around the house, wondering what we should do with our time. We're wondering if the finances will hold, concerned that our loved ones or our friends may be at risk. We're dreading that phone call to the landlord, and our minds and our fingers are running constantly as we try to keep up with and obtain the latest, newest information. And if we're honest with ourselves, most of us could probably say we're more exhausted now than we were before everything started happening. How, in the midst of all this exhaustion, do we find rest? 
Because it's no secret that as a culture, we have trouble resting. We have problems finding time to rest. In fact, that's our excuse most of the time. Well, we're just so busy, we didn't have time to rest. I only got three hours of sleep last night because I had to get the project done for work in the morning, and we don't have time to rest. But if we're really honest, we don't have time for a lot of things. We don't really have time to sit down and pay the bills. Uh, We don't have time to change the oil, to go to the bank. Some of us maybe think we don't have time to go to the restroom. We say all the time, man, I don't have time to eat. But if you know me, I never skip a meal. I will always find time to eat. And at the end of the day, if we keep putting those things off for too long, it eventually catches up to us. Sometimes we just have to make the time to do what needs to be done. And rest is no difference. See, in the middle of our circumstances, we need to take advantage of the time that we have to rest. A lot of us are sitting isolated, alone. We're on the couch, we're in the living room, we're with the kids, and we're constantly staying busy, but maybe we just need to take this time to rest and to slow down. And for those of you who are essential employees, who are the first responders, first of all, thank you so much for your service and your care during this time. But this message of rest has never been more important for you either because you're exhausted. You're on the front lines of fighting this virus and you need rest as well so that you can recharge, you can rebuild, and you can be ready to go back out. See, in the middle of all this exhaustion, rest is probably the most important practice that you and I could implement. But don't take my word for it. Let me give you a glimpse into the power of rest by looking at one of our favorite activities that many of us probably wish we had more time to do. I know there are those of you who are watching, probably most specifically uh, you dads, uh, that when your belly is full and when you're sitting in your chair with your feet kicked back and uh, you've got the game on, man, you're going to La La Land in no time. And before you know it, you're going to be slinging Z's deep in sleep, uh, having a wonderful afternoon nap. And I say good for you. See, I don't know if you know this or not, but the statistics point to the power of naps. Napping actually expands the brain's capacity to learn, and you're two times more likely to solve a problem after having a nap than if you hadn't. Naps have been shown to boost short-term memory and associative memory, which is the type of memory that allows you to connect a face to a name. The older we get, it's been shown that napping uh, provides massive benefits to our brain power. And even if you sleep at night, even if you're one of those rare people that get eight hours of sleep, naps are still shown to boost your mood, alertness, and your cognitive performance. And not only that, naps have been shown to decrease heart disease by 37%. Right? You all have an excuse now. You have my permission. Go take a nap after the sermon. Obviously, we can't nap all the time, but there's something to this napping thing. There's something to this rest, because when we nap, for that 25 minutes, that 30-minute nap, it allows our body to shut down, our mind to shut down, and we can rebuild, we can refocus, we can recharge so that we can then relaunch. In fact, throughout history, the importance of rest has been documented, but it seems like something we've forgotten lately in our culture Benjamin Franklin once said that he that can rest is better than he that can take cities. And before him, Leonardo da Vinci said, every now and then, go away, have a little relaxation, for when you come back to your work, your judgment will be sure. Even before da Vinci, Jesus was one for naps. 
There's this one time Jesus was on a boat with his followers and he was napping in the boat when this big storm comes upon him. They wake him up from his nap and he gets up and calms the storm to silence. Almost as if that nap had prepped him and prepared him for the exhaustion that he would exert when calming the storm. We also see him telling his disciples time and time again to go away, to pull away from the crowds and rest. Because we need rest so that we can recharge, rebuild, refocus, and relaunch. Which brings us to our bottom line for today. We're in a series called Keep Calm and Question Mark. Uh, last week, Shan talked about how we need to keep calm and wait on God. And now I want to encourage you today to keep calm and rest because rest prepares us for a more powerful work. Keep calm and rest because rest prepares us for a more powerful work. Let's go back to the king. He's alone. He's isolated. He's cut off from his men. He's waiting in silence. And lucky for us and lucky for him, he's always been good at journaling and writing down his thoughts and prayers to God. And somehow between the nail biting and the pacing, he sits down to write these words that are recorded for us in Psalm chapter three. He says, oh Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. So many are saying, God will never rescue him. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, rest. Yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O oh Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. And if you've been cooped up for long enough, maybe you're saying slap all my children in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O oh Lord. May you bless your people. Now real quick, just from those eight verses, I wanna highlight two really important advantages to rest that the king uh, lets us know about. Number one, we have the spiritual advantage of rest. Look, I believe that only in God only in Christ could you experience a rest like the king just described. Remember his situation. His son's trying to kill him. He's on the sidelines while everybody else is fighting for him. How in the world could you find a time to sit down and take a nap in a situation like that unless you believed and you trusted that God was in control? Unless you believed that God would bring the victory. See, I believe he was able to lay down and sleep because he knew that God had his best interest in mind and that God would raise him up to victory. And if it wasn't in this life, it would certainly be raised to victory in eternity. See, he was, he was fine with it, whatever the outcome was because he knew that God would raise him in victory either in this life or in eternity. You can't experience that kind of rest in a situation like that unless you believe that God is in control and that God is working in the situation. So in our moment of chaos, in our moment of exhaustion, I encourage you to turn to God. Worship him. 
Thank him for all the good things that you do have in your life. Dwell on the positive instead of dwelling on the negative and see just how he's working through this exhaustion. See how he's working through this situation of anxiety and fear. Give him your worries and your pains and your burdens. Let him know that you're angry and that you're frustrated and that you're scared because I know that if God isn't worried about this, then we don't have to worry either. But that can be hard. It takes trust. But once we learn to surrender to Jesus, man, then you can rest. You can rest in the fact that Jesus is good. So that's the spiritual advantage. We grow deeper into our surrender to Christ when we rest. But there's also a practical advantage. There's a practical advantage to rest. Uh, Notice he says, when he wakes up from his nap, he says, uh, I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies. You see it? You see the practical advantage to this? Because he rested, he is now ready for what is coming next. Because he trusted in God and his rest, he's now ready for 10,000 enemies. No more fear, no more anxiety, no more worry. He's ready to take on the world because he knew that God was with him. In the quiet moments of rest, the king had come to realize that God was with him. Understand this. Jesus is not just a shelter in the storm that we run to to try and hide from the storm, to cease serving and cease living. No, Jesus is the place where you run to prepare to go back into the storm. See, rest prepares us for a more powerful work. We use this time to rest so we can be ready for what's coming next. You see, rest, it takes us deeper into Christ. Yes, that's the spiritual advantage, but it also prepares us for what's coming next. And you and I need both. We need rest for our souls, and we need rest to fulfill life's goals. And if you're part of Crosspoint, you know that our goal is to help people find and follow Jesus. And so we can use this time to rest so that we can be more powerful. We can have a more powerful work in the future. Keep calm and rest, because rest prepares us for a more powerful work. So what's that look like? What's it look like to rest in this moment of exhaustion? And you might be saying to yourself, Trey, I'm tired of resting. Really, I've been sitting on my butt for three weeks now watching Netflix and scrolling through Facebook and on Disney Plus and Hulu and Prime. Man, I've been doing everything, sitting down on the couch. I'm tired of resting. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get out of the house and do something. But I would tell you that Netflix and social media and watching the news and just sitting isn't always rest. In fact, on Tuesday night, my life group and I uh, digitally met and we did a little exercise and we talked about the things that are draining us and the things that we are delighting in. And you know what almost everybody said their drain was? The news. The news. People are tired of watching the news because it stresses us out. It makes us anxious. It gives us more worries. In fact, this week, Dr. Henry Cloud in a podcast said, you've heard about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. He said that's what people suffer from because of events that happened in the past. But right now, we are experiencing present traumatic stress disorder. People are suffering now. And the more we tune into the news, the more we tune into our, our social media feeds, the more we have to relive all that fear and all that anxiety all the time. Look, we need to stay informed, yes, but we don't have to obsess over everything. We don't have to put more worry and more stress on our lives than is necessary. See, rest doesn't mean being a couch potato. 
Sometimes a rest is actually active. Rest is intentional. So my encouragement for you this week would be to plan to rest. And here's some ways I would suggest that you can plan to rest. Number one, go outside and take a walk. Uh, download an audiobook and go for a drive with the family. Cook and actually eat dinner together around the dinner table. Play games with your kids. Order pizza and have a family night, uh, family movie night, and tip the driver who delivers your pizza more than you normally would. Put the phone down. Shut the computer. Start a new hobby. Choose one day this week and don't work. Exercise. Read a book. Uh, you can uh, call a friend who lives far away. You can take a nap. Seriously, take a nap. You have my permission. Only allow yourself to watch the news once a day. And most importantly, read your Bible. Go through the Psalms and, and, and relate to the emotions that the psalmist feels as he writes these things before God and relate them to your own life. Or, or you can sit in silence and you can pray. Look, that's a wide variety of things you can do to rest. Rest is going to look different for each of us because each of us are wired differently. But at the end of the day, you and I both need rest. And during this time of isolation or during this time of exhaustion, if you're out on the front lines, we need to find time to make sure that our souls, our bodies, our hearts, and our minds can rest so that we can recharge, we can rebuild, we can refocus so that we can relaunch. We need it. Our bodies need it. Our families need it. Our world needs it. Keep calm and rest. I want to close with, with one last thought about the depth of rest. I, I want to read a verse that we just read. Uh, Psalm chapter 3, verse 5. I lay down and slept, the king says, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. If you decide to rest this week by reading the Psalms, one of my encouragements to you would be to always look for Jesus in the words of the Psalms. Always look for Jesus. See, this Psalm, this journal entry of the king was written 500 years before the time of Jesus, yet I believe this Psalm, this journal entry was completely fulfilled and fully realized when Jesus steps onto the scene. See, I believe this verse five is a foreshadow to the victory and the power of Jesus. Because it was Jesus who laid down and slept. He lived that perfect life and 33 years after his birth, he was uh, falsely accused and he went to a cross, he was crucified and he was pronounced dead. He went into a tomb experiencing the ultimate rest, the ultimate sleep, so to speak, in that tomb. He rested for three days. But God was with him because he was God. And after three days, Jesus arose from his rest, conquering sin, conquering death, conquering evil, conquering the grave, and promising everlasting eternal life to any who believe that he is the Son of God. And if you have nothing else to rest in today, you can rest in that truth. That Jesus loved you so much that he experienced the ultimate rest so that you and I when it have to. Jesus has a way of taking things that seem dire, of taking things that seem bad, and flipping them on its head for victory. And that's the truth that you and I can rest in, that no matter what happens, we can have rest in God's love for us. One writer in the first century, uh, he put it like this in a letter he was writing. He said, can anything 
anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble? We're in a lot of trouble right now. Or calamity, we have that too. Or we're persecuted or hungry or destitute or endangered, we have that. Or, or threatened with death, yes, we're facing that. Does it mean Christ doesn't love us if we experience those things? No, no. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours, ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, our fears for today, or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you have nothing else to hold on to today, if you are worried and anxious and you are scared, hold on to that truth. Rest in that truth that Jesus loves you so much and nothing, not even death or sickness, will ever be able to separate you from God's love. That's the truth that you and I can rest in today. So I encourage you during this time, find time to rest, slow down, start a new hobby, spend time with your spouse, spend time with your kids. But most importantly, rest in the love of Jesus and grow closer to him during this time. Keep calm and rest. Heavenly Father, and there's a lot going on in our world right now, and we're constantly inundated with new information, and we're constantly, you know, hearing things on social media, or hearing things about our friends. And God, I pray that you would allow our focus to shift to you. Allow our focus to be solely on you, and allow us to rest in the truth that you loved us so much that you gave up heaven, you came to earth, you died so that we may live so that we don't have to experience that ultimate rest, that ultimate death that you experienced for three days. God, thank you for, for saving us. And God, I pray that we can rest in that truth, that we can cling to that, that no matter what happens, God, we know we can spend eternity with you forever if we believe that you are the Son of God, the King. Jesus, thank you for loving us. May we never forget it. May we rest in you, and it's in your name that we pray.